Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Akugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week, we're joined by content creator Elisha Edward. Uh, I'm excited for him to get on. Uh, I've been following him for quite some time. Um, so we'll be getting to know Elisha. Uh, we're also going to be recapping the first week of Champions League, the knockout round. Um, but first and foremost, Elisha, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be Nah, thank you so much for taking the time. I know uh, your schedule is very busy. So uh, first question that we ask everybody, when did you fall in love with soccer? Oh, man. From the beginning, it was a it was a weird relationship, though, because I'm from Haiti. And so I, I grew up around the culture. Um, my dad was a huge fan. And so it was it was always a part of me growing up. And so from the start, from playing in the streets, um, you know, days when especially during the World Cup is just every, the whole neighborhood is just hot. You can feel the energy in the whole country, you know, even when Haiti doesn't make the World Cup very often, even like the country is so in love with the game like you just it's it's electric every time any big big event is going on and so from that point on it's just been ingrained in me and then the older i got the more i understood the game and the culture and so it's just been up from there Nah, respect so did you grow up in haiti i grew and up then, in haiti okay and then moved to the states yes sir in okay. 2000 so how was how was that adjustment for you? You know, coming up, you know, in Haiti, where you know soccer is like the main sport, and then coming to the states, where you know you got basketball, football, baseball, every other sport. Yeah, it was it was weird because I was so used to, like, it wasn't the same. The energy wasn't the same when a game is happening. Like you don't hear when somebody scores. You don't hear like the scream from you know how many streets down. It just wasn't the same. So I had to. But then again, I think I really liked it because like as much as I love soccer, I just like I love sports overall. And so it helped me kind of broaden my horizon. And I started getting into basketball and um, playing sports, football and stuff like that. And so, you know, it was it was good. But I still kept again, because at home, that's all we watch. I still yeah. kept that same identity. No, respect. So did you. uh did you play like for like a soccer team growing up, like any club soccer or school team or anything like that? See, that's it's it's a weird thing with me. I don't know why. Well, I kind of know why. But early on, when I was a kid, I always told myself that I really love this. I really cherish like playing with my friends, playing in the street. And I never want to do this competitively. Like from I, I can remember I was less than 10 years old when I told myself I'm never going to that. And I thought actually it was weird because I thought I was pretty good but I always said I just want to do this exclusively for fun and so that's that's what I've been doing ever since I don't know if I did myself a disservice by doing that but I stuck to it so yeah no that's that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective because you know when when it comes to people that get into uh soccer whether it's you know soccer as a professional or media or you know uh, content or business, it's always like, well, you know, I started in soccer with aspirations to go pro and then it kind of led to this route. But you, you know, it wasn't ever, that was never the goal for you. You just love soccer. Um, you're passionate about it and it ultimately yeah. led to you to what you're doing now. So how did that come about? You know, you're like one of the biggest uh, content creators when it comes to soccer. Yeah, that's crazy actually, because 
I, um, I've always had a creative side. You know, I started drawing early on and, uh, you know, I was getting better and better and I really liked it. You know, I'm a huge fan of cartoons. Like I would just sit around when I was a kid and just watch cartoons and just go right get a paper and draw whatever I saw. Real quick, real quick top five cartoons. Man, Tom and Jerry. Okay. And Eddie. Um, this one's a little newer, but Phineas and Ferb. Um, wow. Okay. Courage the Cowardly Under. I got to put it in there. And. You a young cat. You said Phineas and Ferb. If I'm not going to say a show, I'm going to say it's an animated movie, Ratatouille. I put it in there. Okay. That's like goaded for me. Like undisputed. I can rock out with that list. Yeah. I can rock out with that list. Tom and Jerry. Yeah, he number. got a decent little mix of classics in there, though. Tom yeah. and Jerry. It's, and a good com- it's a good combination. You pay respect <laughs> to the originals, but you still got some new stuff in there. Of course. You, you, you can tell what area you're from, though. Yeah, exactly. I was like, when he hit me with the Phineas and Ferb, I was like, wait, okay, I remember. Oh, yeah, you a little bit younger, so respect. <laughs> you know, we saying, we saying Doug, Animaniacs, Rescue Rangers. I still watch those, too. I don't know, but it, it's just the other ones made a bigger impact, you know? So, yeah. All right. But, so, getting back to your content, like, how did you get into, you know, soccer content you know you had a passion for drawing and you know creativity so basically yeah i started drawing and then you know the older i got the more i don't know i started to think to myself i don't know if i really want to go into animation or become like uh, an artist in that sense you know i again just one of those things that i felt like i was good at but that i just wanted to do for the love of it and so um i started to in high school I started to get really into um, making videos overall. Like I bought a GoPro and I would just make videos with my friends. And so I got more and more into it. And so like, even in classes, every time there was a new project, I would be like, yo, I got it. I'm gonna make a video about this. Y'all don't even have to do anything. Just leave it up to me. Cause I was just happy to just make videos. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, a few years later down the line, I just started to, um, you know, the deeper and deeper I got into soccer, the more I was like, man, like I talk about this all the time, but I wasn't around so many people who who do, you know, who play or who talk about it a lot. It was me and my dad and maybe like one or two friends that I knew that I saw from time to time. And so um, I, so I decided to start a channel to kind of just talk about things that happened in soccer. And it kind of gave me a chance to just, let out all the opinions and stuff that I had. And then eventually, um, you know, cause people have always told me I'm funny, but I never, but whenever I hear funny, it always it just goes stand up comedian in my head. And I was like, I'm not going to do no stand up. So I was like, I don't know how to translate the humor into, you know, some sort of medium. And I was like, you know, so many people are doing funny content on the, on the internet. How do I differentiate myself? And so I was like, I love soccer. Nobody's doing skits and stuff like that related to soccer in that way. I mean, you know, let me test this out and see how it goes. And then it just, you know, started morphing and branching out into different things from there on. And this that's basically how it started. Um, and it really started popping off like right before the pandemic hit. 
it just, yeah, things just started moving, you know? Nah, yeah, talk about that because I remember, I, you know, I saw a couple of your videos like way back. And then next thing I know, as we're doing like, you know, research for this, I'm like, wait, man, his platform, I'm seeing getting posted by BR. He's doing stuff with Black Arrow. He's getting, you know, people reposting this stuff. Talk about the very first video that you did. What was that? Very first video, man. It was like, what was it? I know that, man, I remember those videos. It was like, I didn't have this hair yet. I was fully still on my wave mode. I was still trying to get the 360. And I was, I don't know. I was just in my living room and I made some sort of commentary. I think it was something about, um, I remember this very vividly, actually. I think it was something related to like comparing soccer versus basketball, or it was like 2K versus FIFA or something. Like, yo, 2K, that's for little boys. Y'all need to be on this FIFA. That's 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 the man's yeah. game right there. And it was just, you know, just messing around and stuff. And then, you know, I wasn't so much comfortable with the camera yet. So it was, it was still very awkward for me. And then, but the very first video that I remember that really like hit, I did this series. I did like five parts to this. And I and I'm gonna continue it too, but it's called um, how to how to catch a football fan. And it was basically me on my roof playing this character that's like chasing like some soccer fans or whatever, and then just shouting out random things to see if they'll pop out. And I posted that, and I had fun making it. You know, I was like thinking about it for so long. I went to bed. I was like, yo, I can't even sleep because I'm so excited to get up the next day and film this. But it was just, I had no audience or nothing. It was just like an idea that was in my head. And I was like, I can't wait to get this out. Put it out the next day. 24 hours went by. I checked on TikTok. It was like upwards of like 100K views on there. And I was like, whoa, like just from something. And, you know, I had expectations of, I know the things that I'm doing are unique. I know that I just need more eyes to see it for people to realize, yo, this is kind of dope. But I was happy with however long that took to get that recognition, you know, I'm willing to wait on that, you know? And so when it happened like that, I was like, yo, this is crazy. And then I did like a, I remember this very vividly. Right after I went to my supermarket um, closest to me and I filmed a video by Inter Milan um, buying all these Premier Leagues and that went up to, and then I did a part two to the How to Find a Football Fan and it just, I kept expanding on that, you know, BR reached out to me, started doing videos with them. And yeah, it's just been, yeah, thinking about it now, it's been crazy. It's crazy to see the trajectory. I feel like, you know, the way you explain it, it all happened so fast. Where do you get yeah. your inspiration to create this content? You know, obviously, you know, you have the news stories, but you've always been creative. So like, what's that process like? Do you sit down or it just comes to mind and then you got to do it right away? How does that work? It used to be, it used to be kind of strenuous, actually, like having to come up with videos because I never used to do that on a regular. So sometimes I would be just, whether it's in the shower or just right before I go to sleep, like I'll be in bed, like, yo, what like, what's, what are the experiences I've had as a fan? What are the experiences I've had playing? What is things that I've heard people say and things like that? You know, what what can I translate into into content? And I used to really think hard about it. And then the more I did, that's when I realized, you know, like being innovative is not just something you just wake up. Like it's a process to really 
you know, be creative. And so, but I was patient with myself, you know, and I, and I, a lot of times I would just walk around the house just really, cause I really wanted to take this seriously and just trying to think of videos, think of videos. And then the more I did, the more they just started just rolling out. Now, like I, like I get ideas from anything, you know, I can just be eating and then something pops in my head or I could, someone can say something and I'm like, yo, that could, maybe that's not soccer related, but maybe I could make it so and stuff. Yeah. So it just, now it's from just life, you know? So obviously you've grown a big platform. What advice would you have for someone that starts just starting out, you know, starting from zero, it can get quite like daunting. Like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to get, uh yeah. to your numbers but yeah. what's that 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 first step that just you know can help you get over the edge oh love yourself i think that's the that's Ooh. the that's like the main that. thing because if you love yourself um you're gonna seek things that you love period um and two you're gonna have confidence in yourself if you're doubting yourself that's that's like um that's that's part of the motivation is believing, you know, I can do this. Like I'm not just I can, but I deserve this, you know, I'm worthy of this. So if you love yourself, all that comes with it. Um, loving the whatever it is you're making content about, you know, it could be cooking, it could be sports, it could be whatever. If you love what you do, um, you just have a different edge and you just have a different advantage over, you know, someone who's maybe doing it just kind of as a task. You know, so yeah, my biggest, my biggest advice is to love yourself. That's where it starts. And then, you know, to again, be patient. Because if you, again, love it and you're consistent at it and you're putting in the work, you got to be patient because not everybody is, you know, just going to have, and I, I, to look at me too, like I was ready to go a year, two years, three years, however long this took to pop off. For it to, and it just so happened that it happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. But that's not everybody's trajectory. Some people are gonna have it on the very first video, way quicker than I have. Some people is gonna take a little bit longer. But um, yeah, it's just being patient with yourself, put in the work, and love the process. You know, because it's it's not the destination. It's like the first time I got a million views on on TikTok. You know, it was it was cool. I was proud of myself. You know, I was I was a little hyped. But then again, you know, there's the next one and then the next one. So it's like, enjoy the process, the grind, enjoy the making of the video. Because once that number hits, that's not the most satisfying thing. For me, the win is just coming up with the idea and actually hitting record and getting it done. That's already like a W to me. The numbers is just icing on the cake. And that's because I really love, you know, making this. No, that's great advice. I think anyone can heed to that. You know, if you're not willing to put a year, two years, five years, 10 years sometimes uh, to yeah. something that you love, obviously within reason, you know, you don't want to, you know, lose your whole, uh, your your life savings, but you got to do yeah. it with the, the mindset that it's going to take a while to get there. And, uh, you know, you're a testament to that, you know, we're a testament to that and uh, uh, mad respect to what you're doing. So with that being said, you know, you had, you said, uh, Bleacher Report reached out to you, and you know this is yeah. one of the biggest platforms when it comes to their, you know, soccer yeah. or football content. What was that like? They hit you in the DMs. They like you got a manager. Like, how did that all work out? 
it was yeah it was weird because again i always followed them and i knew you know how big the platform was and um after i posted that first you know how to catch a football fan it they hit me up on tiktok but i didn't even know at the time again a lot of people weren't on tiktok yet at the time so i didn't even know they had a tiktok page and so when they messaged me on tiktok i didn't even see it and I didn't even know people would be messaging me on TikTok, so I didn't oh, they check. Thought, they thought you were they, they, they thought you were doing Hollywood on them, huh? Yeah, they thought I fronted on them a little bit. So, <laughs> but I'm happy they were persistent and, and then went to Instagram and hit me up. And again, like I woke up, did my morning routines or whatever, and I get I never like check my phone first thing in the morning. But once I got to my phone, like I saw a notification that they had followed me or something. I was like, man, what fake VR page is trying to follow me, trying to play with me, play with my emotions so early in the morning? And so I went to it, and I was like, man, let me go see who this is. And it was actually, you know, the VR football page. And I was like, oh, snap, what do they want? And so I went in the, in the message, and, you know, um, a guy named Sam, you know, was um, – me up through their their page and we started talking about you know maybe posting some of my stuff and then um it went from one to just doing something for them and then yeah so it went from just sharing my video to then making one for them and then another one and another one and so we've been doing stuff ever since no and you also work with black arrow you guys did an amazing thing with them talk about your experiences you know working with these different entities and brands and companies yeah it's been Again, it's been overwhelming because, like, I expected it, again, not as soon as it happened, but in a way I was still ready for it, um, especially, you know, Black Arrow, because I was happy. I didn't know so much about Black Arrow before um, Aaron hit me up, and it was great that we were able to have a connection because I love what they're doing. Like, I love just... First of all, I'm all for anything, anything that black people are doing, I'm all for it. I'm all for supporting my people. And um, that's why I try to put my best foot forward, too, because having having that, you know, it's like changing the narrative that that anything that's associated with black is good. You know, like black excellence should just be natural, should just be associated with black, period. And so the fact that um, again, and that's not highlighted in uh, so much in soccer and the fact that, you know, they're they're um, pushing out these stories and um, overall trying to integrate black culture in soccer. I thought it was it was a great idea. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of that. And so, you know, we've been we've been in talks ever since. And yeah, it's just been overall, it's been great just being able to, to diversify, you know, in the types of things that I do, whether it's posting or skits and things like that um and so it's 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 been crazy but it's exactly what i hoped that it would be um so i'm i'm, I'm totally like i'm 200 in it and yeah it's just been a crazy experience I'm, I'm super grateful like i know people don't have to watch my videos people don't have to you know it doesn't have to have the effect that it does on them so i'm grateful that it does i'm grateful for anytime somebody tells me, you know, hey, you know, I can't wait for your videos. This makes my day. I'm having a hard time in school, something like that. Yeah. I got, I remember one one time um, somebody messaged me and said, and this is when I started 
more and more putting subtitles in my videos because someone messaged me and said, hey, I love your videos, but I'm deaf and I can't and I can't always understand. You know, sometimes it's kind of just it looks humorous just from looking at it. But I would, you know, if you could put subtitles and stuff on it. And that was just like, whoa, like, oh. you know, just. Um, anyone with an imperity is whether you're blind, deaf or mute is they're just people just like us. But at the same time, because I didn't necessarily grow up a lot of, you know, around a lot of people who were either deaf or mute, blind, that was just like, whoa, someone who's completely outside of my world, someone who just completely different from me um, is still able to and has, you know, this disability is still able to enjoy my content. And that made me go, you know what, I'm going to add these subtitles. I want that person to have that complete experience and know exactly what I'm saying, you know? And so um, it takes a little bit more editing on my part, but I'm, I'm, I'm fully, you know, happy to do it. And I just, yeah. So now I like, I'm never going back to just regular videos now, it's like subtitles and everything. Cause then I've had from then on, I've had other people who are deaf, you know, comments and stuff like that. And so it's just been, it's been great. Man, that's what it's all about. Talk about, so you manage all your accounts, like, People reach out yeah. to you. You don't have an assistant or a manager or a team. I have a manager now, um, but yeah, all my accounts, everything, all editing, all like the only editing I haven't done in filming is like the thing I did with Black Arrow. But after that, I do I do everything. Like any DM, like for the most part too, I either reply to people directly or like send voice notes to people because I wish that comedians or athletes or anybody I look up to, you know, would hit me back with a voice note like, yo, yo, Elisha, thank yeah, you. Yeah, but for you have 70,000 followers on Instagram. That doesn't get overwhelming? Um, Yeah, it does. So sometimes I have to take time out of my day. But I know, I know that, you know, those followers, again, are the reason why you know, I'm here or the reason why, you know, my, my, my content is being seen and I'm getting all these opportunities. And so like, I feel like that's the least that I can do is like reach out and express, you know, how, how grateful I am for them. No, that's what it's all about. You know, man of the people. Um, and you talked about, you know, black excellence and you know what it means. Talk about being a black content creator. You know, there's not a lot of black content creators in the space, specifically when it comes to soccer. Uh, you yeah. talk about, you know, how you feel like, you know, you kind of have to make sure you give it your all and you got to support others. But um, what's it like in the industry? I think that it's um, especially like as a black creator, but as also, you know, I'm from I'm from the Caribbean. Too, so it's like it's and it's it's like a lot of people, you know, especially when I talk to people overseas think of black people in the US sometimes as just African Americans and you know fail to realize that they're they're simply Africans, they're Caribbeans, they're, you know, Latinos and stuff like that. And so there's so there's so many different branches of black in a country. And, you know, um having this black American experience and having a Caribbean experience and being, you know, living in Brooklyn around so many different cultures, so many different shades of black. Um, it's just giving me a wider perspective. And so I'm able to, to represent myself in terms of as a black man, but knowing that there's so many different of us 
And so it's important to show that, yo, I could be, yeah, I live in Brooklyn, I live in the US, but I'm from Haiti. And, you know, I can I can speak French, you know, I understand Spanish and stuff like that. Like we're multi-layered. And so, and this game, this is a global game. Just like there's so there's fans from this all around the world. And so some the more multi-layered uh, layered you are, um, the easier it is to connect with soccer fans. And I think, you know, that kind of gives me an advantage knowing different languages, being around different cultures and stuff, because th that's the direct representation of this game. And it's just, again, you know, with starting out with the skits and everything, it's just to me, like, it makes me proud to say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a black man and I kind of kick-started this whole, you know, um, or, or, or took this whole genre to the next level especially in the U.S., you know, there's there's quite a few people doing different sort of content, soccer-related in the U.K. and over, you know, in Europe overall, but not anybody Black, you know, doing it in the um, in the U.S. And so it's just, it's, it gives me a sense of responsibility, but it's not pressure because, you know, again, I know that I've, I've gotten the tools um, and I'll keep, you know, learning and keep growing with, with this is, this is, again, this is a privilege to me to be black, you know? And yeah. so I just, I just think, you know, it give it just gives me an advantage. Sorry, people. Uh, but it just gives me an advantage to just, again, use, use the culture that I, that's ingrained in me and this identity to, to show that, yo, this is dope and I could do dope things and my people could do dope things and anyone watching, any kid who thinks that, you know, maybe because they're from a impoverished country or something that they can't do certain things. That's absolutely not true. You know, I came from, from, you know, what I think is the greatest country in the world, but still, you know, we have our issues in Haiti and, but I was still able to make something of that, of my circumstances and, and, and get to this point. And which is now just the tip of the iceberg, you know, there's so much more to do. This is just the beginning for it. And, yeah, it's just it's it, it's a pleasure to be at the kind of like front of this of this you know what's the beginning of a movement. No, I love it. I think um, your uh, your ability to relate, you know, to so many different people, you know, being uh, Caribbean but Black American as well, speaking multiple languages, and like you said, soccer being the global game, it gives yeah. you that advantage. Um, but I know, you know, with some black content creators, there's a discrepancy when it comes to getting um, the same or justified um, compensation when it comes to your content. You know, you yeah. put a lot of effort into your work. Um, talk about the negotiation behind or the business behind, you know, making content, you know, for a sponsorship or, you know, a brand or things like that, because, you know, being on the side that I am, you know, both as a player and um yeah, I guess like uh, a brand, I, I know that sometimes uh, you got to really fight for, you know, what you feel like you're valued. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's, especially when you're, when you're um, a bit ignorant as to what the industry is like, or what, you know, maybe people are getting paid or how people are getting treated and stuff like that, you might you know, get taken advantage of. Um, and I think that's why it's important to to try and surround yourself with, with as many people who are 
smarter than you are and knowledgeable and who are able to put you onto game. And that's what, you know, I've been trying to do. Um, but it's also, you know, I told myself early on that if I can work with, uh, with big brands, then that'll be great. But at the end of the day, you know, I want, I, I want ownership, you know, I want to be my own boss, you know, I want to be able to, to, to call the shots, you know, it's not like, I don't have a boss complex, but I know that it's important, especially for black people to have, to have, you know, ownership and control of the things they do. And so, um, again, putting my best foot forward also in the content also gives me, puts me in a position where, um, again, because I'm ready to do things on my own anyways, if somebody doesn't see the value in the things that I do and doesn't want to compensate, you know, accordingly, then it's like, you know, there's no hard feelings because I'm going to do it anyways. And <laughs> if anything, you know, saying no is just going to make me go harder. And then, you know, you're just going to end up missing out. And so I always, you know, put that forward that, you know, I would like help or assistance or sponsorship and stuff like that. But if it doesn't, then I'm ready to do it myself. Because I think that's, unfortunately, you know, as humans, you know, freedom comes with a price. And sometimes mm-hmm. that price is, is is you know, just being on your own and just, just making it and and so yeah so i'm i'm always so far i haven't especially because everything is so new i haven't gotten too much of like you know people trying to lowball me or anything you know they try but uh, i'm always you know i'm conscious of i know my value and i know um what i'm bringing to the table and so you know i can't i can't let nobody try to play me uh, respect. Uh, I, I really, I really enjoy you saying that because it's it's important. You know, a lot of content creators put a lot of hard work into their craft, sure. and then you have these big brands that say, "Actually, well, we're helping you because we're our platforms." Like, no, you don't see the day to day that it yeah. takes for me to come up with the concept to make the make the video or make the you know campaign and then push it out. You know, so uh, appreciate you giving that advice and you know that that level of. Um, assurance for for people um so with that being said you know let's uh i don't want to switch gears but what's been your best experience and like your kind of your vision moving forward with you know where you're going to go with your content and your content creation um your overall vision overall vision man i want to i want to take this to the i want to take this to the top man i want to i want to again put it all out there i'm 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 a huge kobe bryant fan and so it's like i i you know um i have him like on on the walls in my room and stuff like that and that's always a constant reminder to leave it all out there and to put it all on the table you know like i don't want at the end i'm you know old i want to say that you know i really did the very best that i could whatever that amounts to um yeah, I want to say that I, I did the best that I could and I want to elevate this. I want, you know, the, the soccer culture in the U.S. to be respected because I think that it, it is respectable and it's it's only it's only going to get better and better and it's only going to be even more dope. You know, I see from the grassroots level, I see, you know, so many different things arising. It's like, um, that's why I love, I, I was so excited to be on this podcast too because I think Every piece of content, every creator, every podcaster, every host 
everybody who's who's doing something in the U.S. related to soccer contributed to, you know, creating this culture that I think, and not, not just I think that I absolutely believe in is gonna is gonna blow up and is gonna be something that people just haven't seen before. And I and I want it to be respected. And if I could keep doing my part in that, and making sure that at the end of the day, like this is something that again that it that it's a new legacy and then that's what i'm gonna do of course i'm gonna you know um as much as i can put put haiti forward in it because i gotta again i would i wouldn't be where i am today i wouldn't be who i am today you know without my country and so that's a big part of my identity um brooklyn also new york city overall and yeah just taking it to the top making people laugh that's like I love to just to just bring good energy, you know. I'm I'm the most embarrassing friend to have. Like I'm 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 the first <laughs> dancing in the street and stuff, jumping in tourist pictures in Times Square. Like I just like to have fun, you know. So I like good energy. I want to put as many smiles as possible on people's faces, and um, at the same time motivate people, you know. Let people know that if you work hard, if you love if you love what you do, you can really you can really, you know, make some big moves. And so that's always that's always at the back of my head, you know, bring good energy, make people smile, do the best that I can, and, you know, um, motivate and inspire. No, that's what it's all about. Yo, I got a quick question. It's not a quick question, but yeah. give us your jersey plug because every time you're doing a skit or a video, you got a new jersey. How are you making it work? I thought L's jersey collection was like top tier but a plug you gotta need that <laughs> listen first of all i was gonna comment because that jersey is dope so i might need that actually i'm i'm always trying to expand my collection but um no i get all my jerseys at pele soccer there's this um big store at um in Times square and i actually used to work there and um okay. yeah i used to work there and so yeah, I have a good relationship with everybody over there. That's where I get all my jerseys. And it's crazy. I to everybody else, it seems like I have a lot, but in my head, like the the amount that I, I want to have a room. I want to have a room just completely filled. Like I'm talking, like hat safety hazard type of stuff. Like I'm scared <laughs> that they're gonna fall all over me. I want to have every single jersey possible. You know, vintage, current like exclusive stuff, one-of-ones, all of that. Is there, is there any jersey that, you know, you need to get, like, next on the list? Like, I need that jersey ASAP, no Rocky. <laughs> I know ASAP, no Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like, I know um, I really want, like, a classic Inter uh, R9 jersey. Mm. Classic vintage R9 jersey, you know, blue and black stripes. I need that. Okay. And also, shout out to Pele Soccer. This is one of the OG uh, soccer stores in the game. Uh, yeah. Anyone that's, you know, from the East Coast knows about that store. Uh, they have everything you need. Uh, been there a couple times. And, you know, I just want to give them a shout out. Um, also, you do content on multiple platforms. Do you have a favorite? Like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok? Like, do you have a favorite platform? Man. I don't want to make no specific platform jealous, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that hmm, I'm going to say 
I'm gonna say YouTube because that's really where I really started. That's where I found like the value in like the grind. Because mm-hmm. on YouTube, what I used to do, which I'm I'm definitely you know, um, bringing that back. But my weekly show on there, you know, when I was getting just like less than a hundred views every week. But like I, that was the time where again, even with the low numbers, I was really just every week grinding, same time, filming, editing. That's how I learned to edit, you know, thumbnails, everything. Um, you know, I made my work schedule around it. I remember I used to work at, I used to work at Uniqlo actually when I first started doing this. And, you know, I told them, yeah, because of religious reasons, I can't, I can't work on Sundays. <laughs> well, so, I'm not going to laugh, but that's not even, so I didn't mean to laugh like that, but. <laughs> I so good, but it was like, I saw, you know, I go to church on Sundays and stuff, but it's nowhere near the time where I needed to film. But I told them that anyways. And so they were just like, we can't tell him to come in if it's yeah, religious. You can't, say, you can't say no. I mean, that's just religious. God forgive me, but I had to do what I had to do. And so, um, yeah, YouTube, YouTube for sure. Uh, okay. And, you know, we had a great guest last week talk about, you know, content strategies and how to, you know, grow. Um, do you have any, you know, tips? You know, you talk about, you know, being patient because it's not going to happen overnight for everybody. You talk about loving yourself and, you know, making the sacrifices, even if you got to, you know, lie a little bit. But, you know, with YouTube, it's long form, but now you got YouTube shorts, you got TikTok, you got Reels, you got IGTV, you got Instagram. What, like, strategies? Like, is this stay consistent? Like, what what growth hacks can we, like, apply? Staying consistent, um, you know, I think just, again, pushing out stuff. Not just kind of blindly just making things and, you know, not caring about the quality. Of course, quality matters. But again, you know, like we, we live in a time where people are willing to consume a lot of content. So it's, you know, if you have an idea, not being afraid to actually put it out there. There's so many people that I know who are who, who want to do certain things and who are just scared that maybe it's not good enough or maybe people are not going to like it. It's like, you know, just pushing out stuff is very important. Also, being willing to learn. You know, like before I, I actually went through a learning process with TikTok, like I at first, I'm not going to lie, I didn't get it. Like I was just like, man, I love to dance, but I'm not a dancer per se. So I'm not going to just, and, and TikTok just seemed like it was just a little, like a lot of little kids just dancing. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Is not I'm sorry. <laughs> no. And so, but when I actually realized that, um, and shout out to Gary V too. You know, I took I take a lot of advice from Gary V. He, when I realized that it could be more than just that, you know, I can actually do skits. I could do other things, you know, like silent comedy format stuff. Um, and that's from being willing to say I'm not just gonna be stuck on YouTube or on Instagram. You know, I'm willing to to um, you know try out TikTok, you know, and Twitter, and um, even like. LinkedIn and um, poof, there's so much. Now Clubhouse is like a thing and I'm really, um, you know, getting on Clubhouse and just even just purely for the knowledge, you know, because there's so much soccer knowledge on there, so many groups, you know, sharing, um, you know, a lot of gems. And so, yeah, I think being willing to learn, being willing to adapt because 
Instagram wasn't around at some point, you know, and who knows, maybe at some point it won't, maybe there'll be a next thing. Being adaptable is super, super important because um, the audience I have on TikTok is different from the one I have on Instagram and different from the one I have on YouTube. And if I was just stuck on one of them, then I wouldn't reach, you know, the others. That's and cool. so being adaptable, not being scared to just put stuff out there and breathe. And then just like my first ever, ever YouTube video, I uploaded and it was just a trailer for my YouTube channel. I uploaded it and just turned off my phone for the whole day. Cause I was, cause I was just like, I don't want to see the reaction to it. I don't, I don't want nothing. I'll just put this out there and go. I went to, I went to school. I was like, man, I don't want to see anything. And the response was pretty good. You know, it was a lot of mostly friends and families and stuff like that. But it just showed me like, look, I just was tripping about this and I'm still alive. Like, it's cool. I get to put something out the next day. You know, it's not the end of the world is something doesn't go well, you know, that just means I get to try again and, and again. So yeah, those are definitely consistency, being adaptable and not letting fear stop you, you know, from creating, putting things out there. No, that's what it's all about. You know, someone told me just the other day, it's like, sometimes when you make content, it doesn't have to be for everybody, but it's yeah. always for somebody, you know, yeah. you know, you reach your targeted, you know, your demographic, your super fans, and yeah. they're going to be the ones that are going to help it grow. So, you know, yeah. don't be afraid, like you said. Um, so with that being said, top five current players, your favorite, list them. <sighs> top five current players, Neymar at the top of it. Uh, I feel like Neymar's not really getting enough credit. You know, he's Neymar, here, okay. And I get it. And I get why I'm, I'm one of those, like, I can be objective as a fan because Neymar, Neymar play too much sometimes. I got it. I got it. The people who, who criticize him, I, I get it, you know, because he's so good. But sometimes I think that he doesn't live up to his full potential. And, you know, injuries play a part too. And But Neymar, Neymar is just dope. Um, current, Messi, for sure. Um, I'm a Barca fan, but I got to say Ronaldo. If anybody... I was anybody that hate on Ronaldo, I don't care if you're a rival, you crazy. Like this man is is incredible as yeah. a athlete overall. Um Ronaldo, Mane, that's four. Um five, Alfonso Davies. Mm. Alfonso okay. Davies, yeah. So no Lewandowski, no Kevin De Bruyne. <sighs> it's, hey, it's your list. You don't have to worry about me. <laughs> you gave me five. If you gave me top ten, I would put them in there for sure. Okay, that would be I like that. dope too. But those other players just gotta they they hit different levels. Yeah. Respect. Okay. Um I made a cautious ever I'm not I I, I usually say respect a lot. One of one of our homeboys called <laughs> called yeah. me out on it. Don't stop. So, do you yeah we're doing <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm gonna add a little respect counter on the edit too. <laughs> so I'm with that being said. Counter. I got a question for you. When are you gonna stop? When are you gonna stop making fun of Chelsea? Never. <laughs> are, what? Who? Who do you, you say you're a big Barca fan? But all right, who's your Never. EPL team? Never. I, I feel like I, so, I almost. I, so my brother sent it to me because he like knows I'm a big Chelsea supporter. Yeah. And I was like, man, if I see another one of these, I might have to mute this guy. <laughs> so when are you gonna stop making fun of Chelsea, please? Listen, man, never. I make fun of my own team all the time, and it pains me. 
but I have to. Like, I'm, I try to be as unbiased as possible. If you do something that that deserves to be roasted or talked about, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And Chelsea, man, listen, they're, I mean, they're on a, on a good journey now. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on that Champions League next week, though. I'm, I'm paying very close attention. I'm still rooting for my boy Pulisic, man, but, but I'm, I'm paying close attention to Chelsea right now. Uh, I can't, I can't even hate on it. I love it. And like, that's what's so great about social media too. Is like anybody can get it at any time. Yeah, anybody. Anybody can get it. You know one, nobody's safe. You know. So, uh, with that being said, L, take it away. What you got? Yeah, luckily my gunners have avoided, you know, the heat. We ain't caught too much heat from me, so it's all good. Um, well, let's jump in. You said it's coming? <laughs> all right. Let's jump into two truths in the cap. Um, so this game, our guest, Elisha, will give us three facts about himself. Mm-hmm. And one of them would be a lie. And Amobi and I have to guess what the lie is. Uh, Amobi actually got him a dub last week. So congrats there. Um, but... <laughs> Let's see. So go ahead whenever you're ready, man. Okay, two truths and a lie. Um, a cat. No, we got to keep it. Got to keep it the culture. Truth and a cat. Um, I played lacrosse competitively for four years. Um, second one. Middle name is Ronaldo. And he <laughs> uh, <laughs> laughed too much on this one. I don't know. Um, I'm allergic to peanut. Oh. I mean, you did say you want the inter original Ronaldo. Your dad's a super fan. Uh, lacrosse, though. Yeah, I mean, New York, big lacrosse community, but you're Haitian. How did you get into that sport? And then you're allergic to. But he said he tried everything. Yeah, that's true. Ah. Uh, I want to wait. I'm trying to wait. I'm trying to stall to wait for L to see what he's going to pick. <laughs> I'm going peanuts. You're not allergic. Yeah, I want to say peanuts because of the way yeah. he was laughing at the end. So. Yeah, you're not allergic to peanuts. That's the cap? Yeah, that's the cap. But I'm going to say hey, lacrosse, though. You got ah, it. I switched up at the end. Ah, he switched it up. He switched it up. <laughs> he got that, right? He switched it up last second before you. He... All right. You can, have that. you can have that. You can have that. Yeah, I'm taking that. Hey, that. I'm coming back right now. I'm not allergic to peanuts, no. Yeah, hey, I was but... like, man, are you Haitian? Like, Damn, I should have stuck with my instincts. Yeah. yeah. See, you gotta believe in yourself. Like my oh, man yeah. said. All right, yeah. so let's jump into um Champions League. So I seen you flaming Barca, um which is skit after after Mbappe tore him apart. So let's let's kind of recap this um this first round of the knockouts. So this past week's games we had Barca one, PSG four. Mm-hmm. Um, Leipzig zero, Liverpool two. Uh, on Wednesday we have Porto two, Juventus one, Sevilla two, and Dortmund three. So I'm gonna circle back to that PSG Barca game. Um, do you think this is the end for Barca? Is it the end of an era for them? I think that 
there are a lot there are a lot of Barca fans right now who are trying to like I'm not gonna say they're delusional, but they're 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 still in the in in this bubble that's about to burst, thinking that Messi's gonna stay forever. And I don't think Messi will. I think that the, it's been a very sour time for Messi at Barca lately. I don't think he's gonna stay. Um, his contract about to end. I think I think this is this is it. Um, and Barca again at, has gotten used to a system that kind of feels like they think Messi is is eternal, and he's not. Like he's he's gonna leave. He's gonna slow down, and. The fact that they got so comfortable with just having him as like that life for so long, now it doesn't seem like they they know how to exist without him or, or be great without him. Anyways, you know sometimes he's not here and and they play well, but consistently throughout a season, I don't think the club can be Barca yet at least um, without Messi. And so it's gonna it's gonna be a big reality check. Um, can they come back from this four one? I don't know. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I think. I think that anything anything is possible. Anything is possible. But it'll it'll take a lot. It'll take a lot for that to happen. But again, anything is possible. Um, But again, I don't have Champions League um, expectations for Barca this year. I just. I just. I don't know. So it's. I just got more skits to do. I know. I know. Man, Messi just need to go ahead and pass my countryman the torch, man. Antu Fati. That's my boy. Yeah, he got to stay healthy, but I think he, he got next up if he could stay healthy for a stretch. Yeah, I think Antu, Antu could be could very well be the future of Barca as long as they give him playing time. I think that he's – again. and shout out to Dembele too, but I think that Antu – even being younger, is a lot more mature than the kids. And I think that in itself could could give him an advantage of getting more playing time overall. But, um, yeah, I think if they actually make good use of him, he he, he might be – I'm not going to put him and say, you know, the next Messi or anything, but he could fill up, you know, a big gap that Messi's going to leave when he gets out of it. Yeah, he came up through La Mesa too, so yeah. he's – in the, born in the system, basically. For sure. So you think Mbappe can take the crown now? That it was this the official like coming of age party for Mbappe? Oh, I think that I think that came a long time ago. I think he's been he's been for that you know there's a new sheriff in town. So it's I think this is just yet another game that he's showing. Yo, I I really do this. Um, and this is this is this is a new era. Um, especially man, this. Kids scored in a what two goals in a World Cup final like that's just when when that happened I was just okay this is it's over it's over he's about to if he's surrounded by the right coach by the right players he's gonna he's gonna just take over this whole game like the same way Messi and Ronaldo did it for a decade long I I, I think he could easily do that too and again with with social media now again just growing and growing. He's with Nike. I think is is just like it's the perfect setting for him to just be a mega star. So yeah, the sky's the limit for him. He's 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 well on his way. I know he's gonna hurt my team again. 
I'm not looking forward to it. Do you think he leaves PSG? I think if he wins the Champions League, he'll stay. If he doesn't, I think he's going to Real. Because, again, you know, they've had the disappointment in the final with um, against Bayern, and they've gotten close so many times. If it doesn't happen this year, then it's just like, it's just, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't see why he would want to stay because they have, how much better can it get? You know, if Messi maybe leaves Barcelona and, and goes to PSG, and I think he'll, he'll stick around maybe, but um, other than I think he should look for, look for somewhere else where he can get that Champions League trophy because he's got the league, uh, you know, he's, he's got the, the World Cup. So he should definitely be looking at the best team that could get him that championship trophy. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's like uh, if he I think he's gonna the best and worst thing that happened with the Barca PSG game was that Neymar didn't play because it was gonna be like Neymar return all the time, but Mbappe yeah. came in. It's like, nah, yeah. I'm here, like this is my, my team. This <laughs> my team. So yeah. Um, and then you got Euros. If if France goes on to win that and Mbappe has a good tournament, like what else does he have to do? Obviously, PSG, they're a top club. But the price is going to be up. World, world beater. Like they're known everywhere. So it's like what he, there's only certain teams that he could go, go to. It's like Real Madrid, Man City, yeah. Liverpool, maybe Barca. But he's, I mean, he's good at PSG. It's just the league, you know? Not but if you sure. go to a top league, it's like if you go to Byron, they do the same thing. You go yeah. to Real Madrid, Barca, you do the same thing. They get their competition from Champions League, and PSG is always in Champions League. So I don't know. But I do think in La Liga, I think that although although the Premier League has seems to have a lot more competition, I do think La Liga the level is is yeah. still, and so if he's constantly playing in La Liga, I think that it's it's gonna it's he can grow technically. Like I think the the like the La Liga players are really technically sound. And so he he that and plus playing for Real Madrid, I think any player will be will be happy to to join that list. I mean Ronaldo played both Ronaldo's, yeah. you know, Roberto there, like there's certain teams where they stay ask for you to come, you you don't say no. Yeah. Just, one of those squads. You you have to. But yeah. Oh, it should be interesting. And then in terms of Messi, like you brought up a great point. It's like they became too reliant on him and they didn't like put the pieces around. Like yeah. Busquets, one of the top defensive midfielders over the past 10 years. Just he's still he's not he's not there yet. He's not he's not that guy anymore. You gotta put some pieces, some people around him where you know you could take the workload off uh, Messi. And that's why Neymar was so good for them. Um but who knows? I think Neymar, Neymar was undervalued at Barcelona. Yeah. He was, he was just, he could have stayed. I think he wanted to stay, but because, again, he, he had no reason in terms of the team itself to leave. But, um, yeah, it was like after after that comeback against PSG, you know, a lot of or it was all it was all messy, messy, messy. And it was like Neymar got them that comeback. Without Neymar, Barca would have never came back yeah. to beat she like that. He was the centerpiece behind that comeback. And so, like, just him having the ball that day, you just... Yeah, yeah it, it was, was it was different. 
that you felt like it was just, he was he was just going crazy. And so the fact that I feel like just the just everybody didn't appreciate him enough. Because again, once you're a big club like Barcelona, you just kind of feel like everybody should just be content with being honored um, with being on the team. And that's it. like, we don't have to give you all your flowers now. You play for us, be happy with that. And that, and nowadays that's not the case. You know, the players have a lot more to offer. They, they, they have a lot more leverage. And so if you don't treat them right, as he's shown, they could just they could just go. Yeah, it's tough because you know he he's he's a top dog in his own right, but you know Messi's like head honcho, but he you know he want to have his own love too. So that dynamic they, they should have figured out a better way to keep him happy, but also you know give him his his flowers like you said. And it's funny because Neymar went to PSG to be the man, but here go here go Mbappe. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, Mbappe was gonna come out like that. So. Yeah, so. So now it's like, what does Neymar do next? You know his, what I'm saying? His injuries have really, the injuries has been crazy. And he, he wasn't getting so injured when he was, yeah. <laughs> allegedly. His alleged injury, <laughs> you know, just so happened to be at the same exact time every year. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been, it's it's unfortunate. I think, though, that if he gets, if he can somehow get that World Cup, um, Brazil always has quality players, so yeah. if, if he gets that World Cup, he's 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 good. That'll make up for everything else. Oh yeah, for sure. He has everything else already: Champions League, Olympics, you know, league titles. Uh, yeah. I, I, he'd probably take a World Cup over Ballon d'Or. I know he wanted to go to PSG for that, but yeah, Brazil World Cup, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. All right, so real quick, I'm gonna run down. Uh, this week and next week, but I want to get you guys' picks for the winners of these ties. So PSG Barca, so it's gonna be a stretch. So who do you think pulls out? Uh that's PSG blowout for me. Barca come back. <laughs> Bias or objective? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Barca come back. Barca, I gotta go with them, man. If if anyone could bottle it, it would be a PSG squad. But nah, I got PSG blowout. If you know what, if this is, I'm just saying this right now. If PSG don't win this, I'm not. This is this this deserves more than a skit. I'm making a freaking movie about this. This is <laughs> I, this is gonna be. I'm just saying it would be great for me if oh. they do both sides. My team gets to win. And I get and I get to roast the hell out of PSG, so they better make sure they win. Because if not, I'm it's already PSG got four away goals. They better win that. All right, Liverpool, Leipzig. Who wins that one? I think Liverpool goes through. Yeah, Liverpool for sure. Okay, Porto, Juventus. Juventus at home. They got an away goal. I got Juventus. Yeah, I say I say you got it too, especially since I want um, Buffon to to get that last shot at getting a Champions League trophy. So <laughs> he not stop until he gets it. <laughs> He's gonna be like fifty five. He's yeah. just gonna be an honorary player and still trying to get it on a walker. Like, yo, we could still do this, guys. <laughs> Gotta respect it. Um, Sevilla Dortmund. Dortmund. 
I think Dortmund got it. Holland, he, he's not going to let Dortmund. Sevilla, that second goal Sevilla got is very clutch. I think Sevilla gets it. Nah, I think I think, I think uh, actually, uh, Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla always. Uh, nah, I'm still going Sevilla, even though they're not in Europa League. It's Champions League now. Europa League, I would say yeah for sure, but Champions League. Some teams just have when it matters, they they, I don't know. Maybe the pressure gets too much, and I don't know. Sevilla doesn't have a great history of of actually like you know like like showing up in the big moments, and this is this is a moment where they can actually you know. Um, you know, do really good and be able to beat Dortmund and go through. But I, I think they're gonna slip up. Uh, I got, I got Sevilla. I'm, I'm gonna stick with my intuition. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In the next crop, we got um, Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did that. You did the evil laugh on us. <laughs> Nah, Atletico Madrid is too strong. I'm a Chelsea fan. I can't even. Uh, Tuchel, though, I'll say tie first leg. I yeah, I can see that because I mean Atletico is, has Suarez has been has been great this season and they're top of La Liga, but but Chelsea is Chelsea is not weak at all. So yeah, I don't think yeah, I think the first one's gonna be a draw. What about the full full series? I hate to say it, Atletico. I don't. I don't even like to say. It. Skip. Skip me. Actually, I don't want to say. It. <laughs> I think it depends on the games in between. If like in the Premier League, if 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 Chelsea get a good momentum, um, then they'll have a lot of confidence going into that that next game. And I think, no, I, I'm not ruling out Chelsea at all. I think that they could, they could definitely beat Atletico. It's just. Again, Atletico Madrid is just one of those teams that just can't seem to really just finish the job. And I don't think they're going to win it in the final. So might as well be at this stage. <laughs> Focus on La Liga for the rest of the season. All right. We got Lazio, Bayern. We probably already called that one. Yeah, Bayern. Bayern. All right. Atalanta, Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Yeah. They're not going to go out in the knockouts. No. Madrid. All right. And the last one, Munching Gladbach and Man City. Man City. Hmm. You have to think about that one? I don't know. Because they're Man, Man City solid again. But Munching Gladbach is just one of those teams you never know. These, these German teams, man. They're playing really well too, but no. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll stick with Man City too, but but I'm leaving a little space for for Munching Gladbach. Even with their coach announcing he's leaving at the end of the season, like that, you don't think that affects their play? I, well, that's that's even more motivation to be like, well, might as well make it a might as well make it worth it, you know? Last season, let's do this. And on a good note, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. We'll see next week what happens. Um, so let's jump into another game that we love to play here. No card, yellow card, red card. So this is a rapid fire game we play um, where I'll read off some news topics. They could be headlines or just an overall topic for the week. And um, our guests, as well as Amobi, will give their opinion based on the soccer card system. 
So no card is I agree with it. Um, yellow card, I can go either way. And red card is I disagree. Um, so with that said, let's jump into the first one. I know Moby's adding some last minute here. Um, jump into the first one. Charlotte FC is the first MLS franchise to sell personal seat licenses. So this license includes exclusive ownership rights of a specific location in the stadium that can be passed down and transferred for a fee of five fifty per year. So the only MLS team to ever sell PSLs in their stadium. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's just... Uh, it's interesting because, you know, you knew it was coming. You know, the more football owners you get into soccer they're going to incorporate things that they do from the nfl and other other entities into soccer so from that standpoint it's like to see the first domino fall it's interesting to see what the feedback's going to be and then which other teams are going to follow suit like like we're like finally now we were waiting for that one team to do it now we can do it you know um i don't i don't i don't think there's something about soccer where it's like not having seat personal seat licenses that makes it great but uh i don't know we'll see what does that actually do for um the team in terms of how do they profit off of that they can make more money off of them so for example a psl seat that uh charlotte was charging was like 2500 per person mm. for the year for the season right so say you're a family of three you know, you got that's like seven k, you know, to go to a, for season tickets, versus a typical MLS season, MLS game probably like eight hundred a seat for the season for a season ticket. So like the prices are drastically different. You know, even like say for let's say I'll use Atlanta and United as an example, um, they have like these club seats. Even that's like only fifteen hundred. Yeah. You know, so they're charging NFL prices. For MLS game, like the 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 demographic is way different. So that's where it's problematic. It was wildly uh negative. The yeah. feedback was wildly negative, apparently. So well, I think it's it takes like you said too, it's like it, it might be the first domino to create like that effect. And then, you know, not people don't like change. And so who knows? That might just be the start of a lot of MLS teams just following with that. So the game is changing and it's growing here, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if if they're not the the last one to 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 move like that. So, what ratings are y'all giving for this? Um, no card, no card. Oh, business business guy right here. Yeah. He said no card. I'm going yellow card. I'm going yellow card because like you still have a demographic and. You're just coming into the league, your expansion team. Like yeah, sure. you, you ain't wanna... played your first game yet. Exactly. So I'm giving a yellow card. Um, they could have came differently about that, but um, sure. like you said, Elisha, you know, people don't like change. So maybe if they just come out with it from the gates, people will yeah. really just to it. Uh, I'm not sure with PSLs. Are, can those guys can can you resell them? So say I buy PSLs. And I can like charge extra for them, so you're actually making money off your ticket. Um, I think so. Yeah, so I don't know some people, but still, I, uh, I don't know. The, I mean, yeah, I'm still going like, The kind of room I'm leaving for it is like 
if they if they if they're willing to do that straight off the bat, like that, it, it must there must be something that they can that they know that maybe the general public doesn't know that kind of goes. Hmm, this is even if it's not you know loved by everybody, it's it could be it could be a game changer. So that's why I'm I'm they might have a trick up their sleeve. I don't know. No, I think it's more of a money grab, to be honest. Like, just the way that they came into the league, like, the owner, like, bum-rushed his way into the league. Like, he jumped in front of the line. He he didn't care what the what the franchise fee was. Yeah, he, paid he paid it. Above, he, bet, he paid above market price, like, $300 million right. cash. Because he, he recently bought the um, Carolina Panthers. So, it was like, yeah. all right, now I'm going to add an MLS team. You know what I'm saying? So, bum, jumped in front of the line, bum-rushed the league jumped in so i'm looking at it like he's trying to recoup that 300 plus million that he paid and this is the way to do that yeah if that if that's the case again i don't think the best way to grow the game is just by making it more and more about money i think that the culture of it is important but um yeah i mean it's it's i really don't know how there's what other teams are gonna St. Louis too, or like, um, yeah. They out. said they they put a statement out the same day, like we'll never do PSLs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be on that, that tweet. If they change their mind, they're gonna be like, wait, remember when you <laughs> freezing cold takes? Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough because you know he brought the I, like I could see something like, well, if you buy a season ticket for the Panthers, you get like a discount or something to the uh charlotte fc or whatever the team name is but mm-hmm. like right off the gate to the soccer team no you never like you haven't have a touch don't even sign don't even have a play on the squad yet you know i haven't played a game that's it's gonna be interesting they're coming in this year right or is it next year no nah, next year 2022 all right gotta move back okay yeah. all right next one no car yellow car red card thierry Henry reportedly ditching montreal for the bournemouth job How y'all rating that move? It's official? Uh, I don't know. It's reported, uh, allegedly. No card. I mean, he's trying to go to the highest level to play, you know, but it would be, it would kind of, actually, yellow card, you can't go, like, right before the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know if you guys saw this video of um, Thierry Henry was, like, mic'd or something during the game. And he was he was livid. <laughs> like he was so frustrated. No, but yeah, no card. I mean, if it's, it's his career, I think he he doesn't have you know any super close allegiance to Montreal. So as long as it's not like mid season or something like that, then no card. He's yeah. like, I'm done with these amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the same when he played he was just like that too it's like when you're top top level yeah like, it's, it's frustrating because you're on a different you're home on a whole different game plan than your teammates so he make a run they're passing it you know behind him it's like well i'm making the run this way like yeah you know, he passed it to somebody like thinking they're open they didn't they don't even see the run so and then now he's coaching out it he can never be a coach it's just too stressful <laughs> yeah so all right, so last one. No card, yellow card, red card. DoorDash invests eight figures to Angel City FC as their jersey sponsor. 
Uh, so I put this in. So I'll say no card because uh, it's great to see a big brand company put uh, money behind uh, women's sports, uh, specifically soccer. Um, Angel City FC, they look like they're doing it the right way. They got, you know, the right team, executive team. They got uh, this big sponsor. So it looks like they're going to try to do it the right way. So, yeah, no card for me. No, for sure. I think that it, it's, again, the the U.S. soccer scene, too, is, is an opportunity. Just growing while the culture over here is growing, it's a great opportunity for, for women's soccer to you know, be at the be at the forefront of that too, um, and I think that more companies start to see the value in that and see that yo, women are really doing their thing out there, and that that can be bad for the game, and that's great for them overall. Yeah, no card. All right, I guess they spent that tip money on the jersey sponsor instead of paying their drivers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. I saw that too. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. They're definitely going to have to do something about that. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's get into this week's Black Soccer History. So this week, we'll be talking about Brianna Scurry. So she's a legendary U.S. goalkeeper, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and a World Cup champion. So Brianna played a pivotal role in soccer history as one of the first African-American professional female players, and has helped to diversify the sport off the field. Brianna has been an advocate for concussion awareness and regularly gives talks on the subject. In 2001, she became one of the first women to participate in a women's paid professional league, pioneering the way for women's soccer. As a captain of the Atlanta Beat, she played in two WUSL, WUSA championships, playing until 2010 when a debilitating head injury led to her retirement and subsequent concussion awareness advocacy testifying before Congress on traumatic brain injuries in sport. Um, Scurry's, impact on, Scurry's impact on the legacy of the U.S. Women's National Team program and contributions on the field recently earned her a spot in the U.S. Soccer All-Time Best 11 National Team and as a permanent part of the National Museum of African American History and Culture's Title IX exhibit. In 2017, Brianna was inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. As one of the first African-American professional female soccer players, as well as one of the first out LGBT players, Scurry has faced and triumphed over various challenges during the course of her career. Recently, Scurry has joined the ownership group for the Washington Spirit, along with gold medalist gymnast uh, Dominique Dawes and former first daughters Chelsea Clinton and Jenna Bush Hager. So definitely want to give Brianna Scurry her flowers um, for paving the way for women's soccer in America. No, and that is it, my guy. Uh, Elijah, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the people find you? Uh, I'm sure it's not too hard if they just type in your name, but like, where are uh, your socials, medias, and all that? Man, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Elijah Edward. Um, my channel on YouTube is Gold, G-O, with an accent, L check that out it's the link is you know all in my bios you know I'm, I'm super psyched to be on here man thank you guys so much for having me i love what you guys are doing here and it's just like i i just hope that you know this this carries on and keeps growing with the game here because the game is it's inevitable we're gonna keep growing we're gonna keep making big moves and so it's it's only up from here Nah, facts. And we're definitely going to have all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, make sure you guys hit him up. He does. He did say he responds. It may take him like a week or so 
Don't think he's Hollywood. Uh, he's gonna respond. So he's thank a you, one man band man, for, uh, coming yeah. off. <laughs> now, thank you so much for having me. And, then, and yeah, and lay off the Chelsea videos, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I'll keep it in mind. All right, cool. So that's our show for this week. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at twocentsports.shop. It helps support the show as well. And tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or El to discuss. Thanks again to Elijah for coming on, giving us some valuable gems and sharing his story. Uh, but that's it. See you guys next week. Peace out. Peace.